The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Actor Scott Grimes was a guest star on a ton of TV shows before his breakthrough role as Dr. Archie Morris on ER. He's also starred in Band of Brothers, Crimson Tide, Robin Hood, and Mystery Alaska. Both of those films formed a long-standing friendship with Russell Crowe, and he has been a longtime collaborator with Seth MacFarlane on shows like Family Guy, American Dad, and The Orville. We'll talk about all that, plus some other things Scott has coming up right now on the line from Los Angeles, Scott Grimes. Scott, welcome, buddy. Obviously, you are collaborating with Seth MacFarlane on many things, uh, which are all stellar. How did you meet that guy in the beginning? It's so funny. Uh, The first kiss I ever had was with a girl named Kim on 72nd Street, New York City. We were 10 years old or 11 years old. She became, years later, Seth MacFarlane's uh, assistant. (laughs) <laughs> called me up one day and said, "You got, you got to, you got to meet my friend Seth. He's awesome. He's doing the show called Family Guy." And we became friends. Really? Also, oh, so, so all you got to do when you're 11 years old, kiss a girl in New York, and your life is changed. <laughs> By the way, uh, speaking of working with Seth, I recently saw a documentary on Adam West. You know, who played the mayor on the Family Guy, and you could just see how much love and respect that Seth had for Adam, and, and I'm assuming he's that way with everyone, not just the old Hollywood. No, he's, it's everyone. He really appreciates uh, your hard work, uh, and that's all you got to do. And he also loves those iconic people uh, from the you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. He's just such a pop culture guy. So, and he's, yeah, he's kind to everybody, as long as you're bringing something to the table. Uh, just a good, good dude. I'm happy to have met him, and I, I've now worked with him I think this is our fourth thing together we're doing now, so privileged and and, and happy to just have a job. Yeah, and when when the Orville came around, did he just call you and say, hey, I've got this part? You know, it's that thing that you hear people saying, hey, I want to work with you again, I want to work with you. And over about an eight-month period, I'd see him at a, at a party or something. say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this uh, space show. Are you interested? I'm like, yes, of course. You don't have to ask me. And then he, you know, six, two months later, hey, man, still thinking of doing this thing. And you never think those things are going to come to fruition. You think someone's kind of blowing smoke. But, uh, yeah, he just he said, come in for a chemistry read with me, and that was it. I had it uh, two days later. So he's, he's a man of his word, which is a tough thing to find in this town. Uh, yeah, and while it's clear that Seth is running the show, does he ever ask you for acting advice because you've got so much experience? He does. On Orville, when we're doing it on-camera stuff, it's, it's not that he asks for advice. He watches you, and he's very he's not used to the on-camera stuff, as maybe I would be. So you can see him. Uh, he does take advice. I'm not one to give an actor advice. I'm, I'm one to help them through it, um, uh, with it with just guiding them, and you know, but not actually telling them stuff to do. Uh, but he's got a voice. Remember, the whole point is that what he does is he listens. Uh, and he, he he knows what he wants to hear. He's got some graph in his brain that says, here's how the line is supposed to be said. So he knows a lot more than you think, but maybe the physical stuff with the face is what I can help with and try to make, you know, because I'm a goofy actor. I don't care what my face looks like, and you can't, you can't worry about it, you know. So I say, be goofier. 
you know? You're in the third season with that, and uh, were you, did you have to navigate through the pandemic? I'm kind of losing the time frame on shows now with with COVID. Yeah, we uh, we got, we were, I think, a month or two into our third season when COVID hit. Um, and then, you know, with a show like Orville, that takes a long time, it just, and the new rules of COVID, we took, we took uh, two and a half to three years to finish season three. Wow. So it, it, it didn't do us well, but again, happy to just be one of the shows that still remained, because a lot of shows got canned. Yeah. Money. When I look at the sets of the Oroville, especially on season three now, they're huge and extravagant, right? I mean, things seem to have gotten bigger. Yeah. This is this show, the biggest show I've ever seen. I think, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably saying something out of turn here, but I think even Seth spent a little bit of his own money on this to make it exactly what he wanted. Yeah. I, I can't imagine who... I can't imagine the budget of this, anybody taking what this thing costs. Uh, but that just shows how much he, he cares. Um, interestingly enough, if if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember, but I think I remember seeing you maybe in the late 80s, early 90s on Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> That's a great story. I was friends with Will Wheaton, who played Wesley, and uh, right. he called me. And he was, I don't even think I auditioned. He says, I'm doing this little storyline, da-da-da, where we go to the holodeck to ski with these girls and... So we film it, which was a, awesome, by the way, to be on Star Trek The Next Generation. But because of the time, the whole uh, storyline got cut. So if you watch it, the only way you can see one scene I'm in is if you buy the DVD collection. Other than that, on the episode itself, you see the back of my head in the restaurant. That's it. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's yet, historical. Yes, in the credits, because they did. Buddy, they called me after when they were cutting the storyline, and they said, you still want credit? I said, damn straight, I want credit. Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell me about the upcoming series Ted, based on the film of the same name? On it'll be, I think it's going to be on Peacock, and you're doing it with Seth. That's right. We're in the middle of it right now. I got a horrible mustache, and it's you know <laughs> it's, it's 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 about Ted and Johnny. Johnny, who Mark Wahlberg's character, is 17 years old. He's in high school. Ted goes to high school with him. I play this kind of forgive me bigot racist father and it takes place in 1993 so the character that i play is necessary because of the world that you're about that the world's about to change with with people like me you know uh and there's this girl who te- you know my niece who's teaching me not to be this person so that's the only Seth's idea is the only way you can show a guy like this anymore or a show like that where ted is a bit kind of right raunchy and is it has to be back in the '90s when people had a different mindset, and uh, it's going to be—it's hilarious though at the same time, and all the great things that come with Ted, and also kind of ahead of its time. What can you tell me about your experience on Mystery Alaska, a film that I really loved wow. with with Russell Crowe, who you became good buds with? I'll tell you, I'm so glad you just mentioned that movie. To this day, everything I've done, and I've done some fun stuff. Mystery Alaska was it for me. I'm friends with. All those guys still uh, still all get together uh, to be able to play hockey in the Canadian Rockies where we filmed it, uh, yeah. which I was a huge lo- lover of hockey and loved playing hockey. It was just that movie will never come around again for me. Now, it made $600, but uh, it still was uh, the most fun I've ever had and, and has spawned beautiful relationships, including mine with Russell. We've been you know best friends for well over 20 years now, so and, you know, we sing together and do all the middle-aged guy things yeah. that you guys do, you know. 
Yeah, uh, you play in a rock band with them, right? Are you still doing it every now and then? Yeah, we just uh, not doing the band thing anymore until COVID's over and everybody's scheduled. But we still write together. I just uh, sang and wrote a song with him for a movie he directed for the end credits. So we're always kind of doing something musical. That's our tie, you know, that ties us together. And hopefully someday we'll do the IGP indoor garden party thing again because we love it, you know, pretending we're 50-year-old rock stars. You start on ER for a number of seasons. That show just seemed like, you know, not only brilliant, but such a well-oiled machine. You must have just loved it. Yeah, you say the right thing because it's exactly what that was. And that show taught me so much as far as, you know, props and and pretending to be a doctor, and, and that kind of choreography that that, that show had uh, really taught me discipline as an actor, and it was. That show, from the day I started, the day I left, it's just this machine that all these different actors could come through, and it was never going to waver the show. That show was done very well, and I hope someday, I always cross my fingers that they'll bring that show back, and I'll be, to be a part of it. Yeah, the way cameras moved through scenes with the actors. I mean, it was just like a ballet or something. It was just incredible to watch. That's exactly right. And uh, you had to have a, you know, we'd bring actors on all the time at that show, and you had to have a certain, I don't, I'm not even going to say talent, but you had to want to, to make that look real. Other than that, you could be the best actor in the world, and they'd get rid of you because you just you couldn't make the day. You know, and that was the whole thing. You had to, you had to make the day. It's a lot of stuff, a lot of dialogue, a lot of, big words and if you couldn't do that it just didn't stick on the show you're in the very much anticipated oppenheimer with killian murphy florence Pugh, robert downey jr and a cast that is just too big to name here what can you tell me if anything about it i know it doesn't come out for a while but it's i can't wait all i can tell you is chris nolan uh is one of the most incredible human beings i auditioned for it like i'm sitting in the living room that i put myself on tape i did five lines and ended up uh, going to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and working with Robert Downey for many weeks for for a one scene thing. It ended up being two a uh, bunch of weeks because Chris just kept adding me to scenes. Uh, it, it was a it was the, the most nervous I've ever been, but also the most fulfilled I've ever been as an actor. Because you're working with these monster actors, and you just have to keep up. But the movie's just going to be, I can't even tell you. Because, again, I only got my pages. I didn't even, I've never read the script. They didn't have a script, right? Couldn't really go and read the script. Wow. It's still under lock and key. Um, but Killian, Robert, everybody that I got to meet was just, were, were really lovely people. And you can see that level of filmmaking and acting that they were doing is just kindness. They're just really nice to people. I always feel good things happen to good people. You're certainly one of them, Scott. Currently voicing uh, Steve Smith on American Dad, which is back for another season. Uh, Always great to talk to you, Scott. It's a pleasure, and I can't wait to see all the stuff you have coming up. You too, my friend. I appreciate your kindness as well. Thanks for having me on. Honestly, that film Oppenheimer has got to be the most anticipated project of 2023 because anything Christopher Nolan is involved in is going to be great. You know it. That finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. Thanks so much for stopping by. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.